Good morning, this has been Rogers, and what's trending this week is the reopening of schools in Putnam County. Discussions have been going on for months throughout the country and state on the best structure for children to start the school year. I am joined in studio this morning by the Vice Chair of the Putnam County School Board, Celeste Gammon, and Board Member Kim Cravens. Good morning, ladies. Good morning. Good morning. Thank, Thank you, you for having us, Ben. Thank you all mm-hmm. for being here. I, I, I want you all here because you're going to inform those people maybe that haven't had a chance to listen to y'all's meetings or be involved in your meetings about what's been going on. We've got a lot of topics to discuss. Um, I want to first say I think y'all have done an outstanding job on the process of getting our children back to school. I appreciate your service. Kim, you hear me say that all the time when you're here. Public service is hard. Celeste, you're doing a great job. I appreciate it. Uh, but I want to talk about the process getting our children back to school. Uh, the governor updated his plan on Tuesday afternoon, so I want to talk about that as well. But I want to begin by updating our listeners on the status of the fiscal year 2021 budget, if that's okay with y'all. Absolutely. So on Monday night, the Putnam County Board of Commissioners approved the fiscal year 2021 budget for all funds and operations of the county. The meeting was unconventional as we continued to meet electronically via a conference call. But it went smooth and everyone voted yes on the budget and tax rate. The tax rate remains the same at 2926 As chairman of the commission and chairman of the budget committee, I want to thank all of our officials and department heads for working with us this year on submitting a budget that did not add a burden to our taxpayers. We budgeted revenue conservatively because we do not know what's ahead with this pandemic and the economy. Our officials stayed with the same budget as last year, and some officials even reduced their budgets to make up for the step raises that the employees received. Mayor Porter and his office did a wonderful job on communicating to everyone and putting this budget together. I especially want to thank the school board. You all are aware of how this pandemic is affecting everyone. It's affected every department. It's affected y'all's operations, your process, your thinking. Um, You approved a budget and sent to this commission that did not require any additional funding. Correct. And that's, I'm grateful for that. So any additional local funding, I should say. So no increase in taxes, sales tax, property tax, anything like that. The BEP allocation to the county was an additional, what, $1.9 million or so? Technically, that's pretty close to So it. that's close. So the state's given the school system an additional $1.9 million for basic edu- education program funding, and y'all are able to use that. Mm-hmm. So I want to talk about those highlights here shortly. Okay. Um, I really feel like for the last five years, the school board and the county commission have done a really good job and actually improved the relationship by communicating and being transparent with each other. I know in times past, as my as my career in consulting with the county, and, and I consult with all parts of the county, school, highway, general fund, every official, it's been rocky. Mm-hmm. I've been at meetings where it's been rocky. Um, and it's like nobody wanted to talk. Nobody wanted to communicate. And that's both sides, commission and school board. I think the last five years uh, has been really good. There have been a little few tense moments, but not anything we couldn't overcome. So I guess my first question I want to ask you two, uh, because y'all both been in since, what, you were in 14. You started in 12. 2012. 2012. So you're you're up for re-election, no opponent. This year. This yes. year. So you'll you'll serve again. You're two years from now, Celeste. But, right. but, but, but basically six years and eight years mm-hmm. of service to the school board. So it's not, you're, you're not just new. What do you think, uh, Celeste, I'll start with you if you want to. Mm-hmm. What do you sure. think has made the difference? on the relationship improving between the commission and the school board? You know, I think it's been, um, we have kind of laid our pride aside and just been willing and able to listen to each other and have more open dialogue with one another, um, more so than ever before. The leadership that's at the commission and the leadership that's on the Putnam County School Board, we've just had better communication together, and I know that that has been appreciated on both ends. Yeah, I agree. Kim? Same. It's just that open dialogue and understanding that our purpose is to look at the schools and the commission's picture is to look, or 
they're to look at the big picture. So we have to understand that they have a whole lot more to look at. And I think that understanding, realizing that they'd love to give everybody some more money, but that's not always possible. So just open communication is key. Yeah, and the joint meetings we've had, we normally have two a year. We have one in the spring and then one in in the fall or or right around budget time or winter. Um, And and I think that helps, you know, and and there's been a couple times where I felt like some of our commissioners got off track and was trying to tell y'all how to do policies and procedures, Mm -hmm. and that's none of their business. And I stated that in the meeting, so it's not like I'm I'm coming up with something new. And I I spoke with y'all about it, like, listen – Y'all have policies and procedures you have to pass as a school board. You worry about that. This, you know, we want input on the money and the budget and how that's working. So I think it's a lot better. Um, Absolutely. And yeah. I want to commend Randy Porter for doing an excellent job, mm-hmm. being being a great leader sure. for, you know, um, the mayor of this county. He has just stepped up and done an excellent job. You know, I heard a uh, commentary from a news reporter out of Nashville and he compared Nashville and Cookville and the two. Did you see I that as that. well? It was yes. amazing. It was great. Yep. And so, you know, just commending Cookville for we didn't raise taxes and we were hit harder with the tornadoes, you know, and the pandemic than than Nashville was per, you know, for ratio numbers wise and whatever. And anyhow, I just thought it was a good piece. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, Nashville did raise their taxes. And I'm just thankful that we're in a county that you know, is mindful that we mm-hmm. don't have to do that, that we did cut back yeah. and, and make and we've still make made ends meet. In fact, as a school board, we took out a hundred thousand dollars from from our fund balance to make ends meet for our budget this year so that we came to you with a zero balance budget. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's what it takes and, and you're right, the the commentary on the news the other night was good and it was it, it's a d- direct reflection on our leaders, on our department heads yes. and officials, our employees. Uh, we lost twenty million dollars of appraised property through the tornado. Wow! So twenty million dollars of appraised property. Wow! And our penny value, which is based on the assessed part of the appraisal, which it's a, a formula, but it, it remained pretty much the same, or actually was a little bit more this year. And we expected a drop through the loss through the tornado, but our assessor's office, Steve Pierce and his people, got out and picked up the new construction, and and the people are moving here. Mm-hmm. People are building. Yep. People are improving their property. So. With all that going on, we were able to break even basically on the penny value. So our tax revenue, it, when it trickles down to tax revenue, the assessed property goes down to tax revenue, is about the same as it was last year, maybe a little bit of an increase. So we didn't have to worry about losing tax money. Mm-hmm. And so we were fortunate with that, you know, and, and, and it's it takes the whole team and, and everybody working together. So the budget budget process was, was simple this year, and, and, and unfortunately it was simple because of our the nature we're in. But budget committee met three times total. I've been budget committee chair five times. I think I, you had to. I had to sit out one year because I couldn't serve more than two years as budget on budget committee, and they changed that rule. But I think I've served five times as budget committee chair. We meet minimum of eight times, nine times a year. Well, this year we met three because it was basically simple: no new money, no tax increase. We're going to we're going to help our employees out because they've worked hard through all this. They've adjusted. We're going to give them their step raises and step raises in Putnam County, six hundred dollars. Per non-public safety employee and a thousand dollars for public safety employees every year if if the money's there. Money was there, they got it. It's the only increase we had, but other departments cut to make it uh, a, actually a lower budget than last year. So we met three times. Recommend to the commission. It took us thirty minutes to to approve the budget on, electronically on Monday night, and we now have a budget. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the school budget. Mm-hmm. We got about three minutes in this segment. We probably won't get through everything, but. 
I mentioned the increase in revenue y'all had was the the BEP. There's a um, your your sales tax is is the same amount every year, or regardless of what comes in. Through the, and we thought actually, we were projecting back in March and April that your sales tax you you would get the sales tax you because it's in the in the resolution. Y'all are gonna get seventeen million dollars every year. Mm-hmm. But the debt service fund, where a majority of the sales tax for the county goes, we expected a decrease. Well, that's not really happened. Sales tax has been actually just as good or better than last year through this, and that blows my mind. However, we're still budgeting conservatively. So really, the only increase y'all got was BEP money. Mm-hmm. What are the plans for the school board with that extra $1.9 million with the BEP money? Well, some of the things that we did with it were our step increases. So those those are basically something that's going to happen every year. Uh, where they fall on the scale we added some positions for growth uh, we're going to buy some curriculum um, that was needed the biggest thing there is new um, English ELA books and stuff um, and then we're doing some maintenance improvements we needed to do some things at the track at CHS and then we did the Upperman and Cookville High School gym floors mm-hmm. um, normally those just get kind of rewaxed every year mm-hmm. well we actually like did the whole stripping and did some much needed improvements there, so. And I, I believe I might be wrong with the Upperman floor, but that's the first time it's had that much of a renovation, I, right? I think you're right. In what eighteen years or yeah. nineteen years, something like that. So that's probably time. And the CHS track, what was it? Just was it just old and not usable? Or? <laughs> well, what we're gonna do, um, and maybe I can throw this in here, sure. but we've got a group that raise money at the Cookville High School. Um, I'm going to give a shout out to Kayla Taylor, Carrie Apple, and Julie Baker for mm-hmm. actually raising the money and thankful for all the people in the community who donated to the turf. The track needs to be redone, so we're going to be able to put the turf down, and then they'll come in and do the track uh, either over fall break or right after football season, wherever that goes. But the track needed to be redone and resurfaced. So let's be clear on the turf. That was all fundraising. That is exactly right. It's no no county money. It's private. Yeah, private fundraising. Yes. No county school board money. No. no local tax dollars going to the turf. No. And that's where you know some counties can afford to do a turf on their fields. I mean, you go to Knox County, you look yes. at all their football fields. They have turf. Well, Knox County's bigger, have a bigger tax base, but. Putnam County Haslam. was in a position. It was the Haslam's health. Oh, that. yes, yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, Putnam County's in a position not to do that, so the parents understand that, and the parents got to work. And uh, that's congratulations to them and Cooper High School. I know it's it's going to look good. We look forward to seeing that. Mm-hmm. Wrapping up the first segment, we come back. I want to talk about more of the budget highlights uh, of the school board budget, uh, and then we'll get to talking about school opening. And, and that's actually two hour day was yesterday, so Thursday yesterday was two hour day. So is that right? Thursday's two hour day. So uh Friday today they're off, right? So they're off today. Teacher work day. Teacher work day and then Monday uh it starts back full schedule, full day. That so is we're correct. gonna talk about that. When we come back, this is trending. I'm Ben Rogers. I'm visiting with Celeste Gammon and Kim Cravens from the school board. We'll be back in just a second. Welcome back to Trending. This is Ben Rogers. I'm visiting with the vice chair of the Putnam County School Board, Celeste Gammon, and board member Kim Cravens. Kim, you were actually chairman what, two years ago? Actually, I think it's been four. Four years ago? Okay. Is that right? Yeah. I think it's four. How, how often does the chair roll off the school board? We just, we elect a chair. It's supposed to be every year, but typically we do two years, two years. only because it takes kind of a while to get okay. in the groove okay. of that. So okay. Okay. Um, so well, in August or September? In September after the election. Yeah. Not always after the election, but That's every when the September. That's elected? Okay. Mm-hmm. So... Y'all are great, doing a great job. We we're, we finished the last segment talking about the budget. There's a couple things we didn't get to. Uh, you had mentioned positions, 12 new positions. One of those is a new assistant principal for Baxter Primary School. 
uh, full time because Correct. Baxter Primary School and Cornerstone Middle School was sharing an assistant principal mm-hmm. and she was going back and forth. So I know that was difficult. So that was one position I know of. And um, much needed. It was. It was. It, it definitely makes things easier for, for Miss Wide at, at the Baxter Primary. Uh, and some more highlights. Of course, you mentioned the step raises. Uh, for the teachers and, and I mentioned the, the step raises for the county and we always want to kind of coincide with each other you know mm-hmm. we don't want y'all to be left out if we're giving step raises so y'all are able to fund that uh, but cost of living raises we couldn't do a cost of living raise um, and trust me everybody would love to be able to do that for you know our teachers and everybody in the school system but it just wasn't doable this year with the tornadoes and a pandemic but what we could do is that um, we knew there was going to be an increase in the health insurance but that increase actually came in less than what we thought it was going to. So we were able to absorb that increase so that we did not have to pass it on to the employees at this time. So yeah, tried to do a little something. I think that's always good. I have counties that actually this year their insurance premiums went up for their employees and they didn't get a raise. So basically they're going to make less next year or this wow. this year mm-hmm. because their insurance went up. They didn't get and it's it's some some counties are struggling. Some counties are having a hard time with their budget. And it's so you're you're as an employee you're making less money now, mm-hmm. and that's just uh, you never want to try to get that situation. Right. Um, you had mentioned the Kuvalter project, and I, again, that's wonderful. What does that kind of project cost? Is it seven hundred thousand, seven hundred fifty thousand dollars to actually buy the turf and install it? I think that seven fifty yeah, was so they raised seven fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars. I mean, that's privately. Yeah, that's uh, that's amazing. And any school's welcome to do that. That Absolutely. wants to take on that that project. It was, you know, we don't want any school to feel like we did this for Cookville High School and we wouldn't you know, do it for you. We we didn't give any money to sure. this, but if another group came with the same, you know, we agonized over the contract and we we poured over, you know, making sure that everything was going to be done because at the end of the day, that. The Cookville High School uh, football field belongs to the Board of Education. So when we're gone, when we're no longer on the board in five, ten years or whatever, we have to make sure the product we have is still good for, you know, the the next group that comes along. So we didn't want to be left with something that might, you know, have something that tears up or they, you know, whatever. Anyways, we're not. We have poured over the contract. We feel very secure in what this group has done um, our board attorney, Dan Rader, has poured over the contract. It was just a lot of work. But again, I want to commend Carrie Apple and Kayla Taylor and Julie Baker for all the work and dedication mm-hmm. they spent. That If anybody could have quit on any kind of project, it was them, especially after the tornadoes. We were like, oh, no, this isn't going to go through. People won't continue to give. Well, people did continue to right. give. People gave of their time with the tornadoes, mm-hmm. right? We saw Putnam County come together on that. And then we saw people who came together who no longer even live in Putnam County who wanted to see this turf project go, alumni, to give towards this, local businesses and things like that. So we're super thankful for everybody coming together, but especially those three women for giving of their time mm-hmm. and, and for making this happen for Cookville High School. So, so I appreciate that. How long had this been going on, this project? They just started in, what, January? January? Wow. I mean, they really, really stepped mm-hmm. up to the plate, wow. and they really pushed hard. Yeah. So, and I'll mention too some things going on at uh, at Upperman. You know, the back in I guess it was April. Um, I I work out with one of the assistant, the well, the head football coach of the middle school, Dustin Williams. He's a friend of mine, and we'll work out and and we were pulling in to to run, uh, do some stuff around the campus, and there's a lot pull down. 
at the mm-hmm. football field. Uh-huh. And we're looking at like, what in the world happened? So apparently, because it stormed, but I guess it wasn't very secure, maybe whatever. Thank God it fell when nobody was there. Sure. Yes, it, it didn't hit Lord. anything yes. else. So we know we have one lot pole down at the football field. They start inspecting the other lot poles, and they're not safe. Right. So all of them are down. Right. And y'all are going to replace those lots. Yes, we are. And so I appreciate that. And I know the community at Baxter appreciates that as well. And they're going to be the really good lots. They're not going to be some old lots you're just putting up from somewhere else. You're, mm-hmm. you're pl- so that's something else y'all have been able to do through Capital Projects. So I appreciate that. Yeah. We did damage one of the, the bleachers barely kind of at the end. And that, yeah. that one's yeah. getting fixed, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So everything's everything's being fixed well and we got we did get we did get some insurance money for like what actually fell during the storm right so that'll be used towards that but those lights definitely need to be replaced and we need to have a safe environment sure. at the field mm-hmm. yeah so anybody out there want to raise money for other schools in the county you can do that you, you know there's a process to go through with the school board sure. uh i'm part of the upperman campus community council and i have to fill out paperwork every year and send into the principal and then the principal sends it into y'all and y'all review it make sure we're on the up and up and as a nonprofit, so there is a process, but it's well worth it. So, mm-hmm. let's get into our favorite subject of COVID nineteen, <laughs> uh, and this is one of the reasons I want to have y'all on because this is trending and, and getting back to school. And we're not here; I'm not here to start controversy. I'm not here to put you on a bad spot. I'm, I'm I want the people to be informed about what the work y'all put in for months. As Celeste, as you said, months y'all mm-hmm. been working on this and, and worrying about the kids and what's the best way to educate them. And it's it's been going on since it started. Right. Um, what were discussions like when y'all were deliberating on how to open schools on time? Well, I mean, this plan has is you know we've been wondering what this is going to look like since or since March. You know um, how this was going to look and what this was going to look like all through the pandemic. So we officially got a board together, um, a committee together, I should say, who started our back to school process the beginning of May. And they have been working on a weekly basis on what this looks like. We have had consultations with Lisa Bumbleo on a weekly basis for, you know, who is the director. Is that the correct term for her? The director of the Putnam County Health Department. That's correct. Okay. Um, We have had uh, input from local physicians. We've had input, obviously, from the state and, um, you know, looking at guidelines and and how to do all that. We've had um, staff members and committee members and you know, everybody looking together on what this looks like and how to do this best. That is the thing. We have had the children's safety at the forefront of our minds with every single decision that was made. You know, we we get all the CDC guidelines all come through to us on a weekly basis. We keep up with what TSSAA says was going on in sports. We know all those things the minute they happen. You know, we, we're not the minute that they happen, but I mean, we get an email fairly soon afterwards if we weren't you know, on the call or, you know, we communicate with mm-hmm. each other on, hey, what did they say? All right, we need to go back to the drawing board. What does that look like? So I'm very proud of Corby King, our director yes. of schools, and everybody who has been involved in, in that committee um, that's worked tirelessly. Y'all, they have made plans, scrapped plans, put <laughs> plans back together. You know, we're, it's fluid. You've heard that term before, but it has been fluid. And, and it's updated every day based on information that we receive every day. Exactly. Um, and, and I'd like to say, I mean, we're well aware of what the CDC put out there, but we do not have the resources to function like this. what the CDC put out there. I mean, they want to put one kid in a seat on a bus in every other seat. Well, I mean, 
we just feasibly can't do that. We don't have the buses. We don't have the drivers. I mean, I was, I was about <laughs> to say that. First of all, you have to double up on your buses. Mm-hmm. You have to double up on your drivers. And double you the money. Ha- double the money on personnel and equipment. And y'all don't y'all having a hard time finding enough people to drive buses now, right? That is true. And also go back to the point that we took out a hundred thousand dollars from our fund balance mm-hmm. to cover this year. Right. So keep that in mind <laughs> yeah. when we're saying double the price of of the buses and everything. When we just took out a hundred thousand just to make our ends meet for this year. So. Well, one bus, if you're lucky, unless it's went up the last few months, is ninety thousand dollars. If you're lucky to get <laughs> if it, it, yeah, it's going to be ninety to a hundred thousand dollars. So, how, do we have any idea how many buses we have up right now? Do you even have a number? I don't. I don't. I'm sure. I'm sure Tim high. Bradford does. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. you double that. And we're number. on a rotation. I mean, we. Yeah. I feel like we're we're doing pretty oh, good with that. Yeah, but. we we rotate like we need to. But I mean, it's hard and it's hard to find drivers. And like we get into problems when you have athletic teams that need to leave school early and need a bus driver to take them well, you can't you can't send the team because they've bus drivers got to run around and we don't have another driver mm-hmm. so it, it gets hard so we have made decisions based on the resources that we have the best possible decisions yes. well and I, of course i'm glad you said that because i remember probably about four years ago i assisted upperman high school football on the sideline on friday nights and uh we're sitting there waiting on the bus and we're got to be i don't know it's like an hour and a half drive somewhere and we're trying to leave at three thirty and there's no buzz mm-hmm. you know and it, it's nobody's really nobody's fault it's just lack of personnel and i think they showed up a little after four and we they hauled <laughs> hauled you know to get there so it, it hit it's, the field running oh yeah i mean you're basically getting out there stretching and you're ready to play but um that so school buses kids are going to be on the school bus as normal but they're wearing masks correct they are, yes because uh, i remember one county called me about the school bus stuff and said well we're just going to roll the windows down and i said listen i'm not a doctor and I'm I'm a consultant mm-hmm. for for CTAS, but I'm not here to give you advice on how to treat COVID. So I don't know, but I imagine you rolling the windows down is probably not going to solve the CDC problem. So yeah. the kids still will be riding buses; they'll have masks on the buses. Mm-hmm. School bus driver have a mask on. So everybody, I know people's been asking that question. So um, that, there's your answer. This is a man. It's flying by. Into the second <laughs> segment, we're going to come back. Continue talking about opening schools what are the protocols how are the how's the school board keeping the schools and the and the children safe we'll return in just a moment this is trending and i'm ben rogers and celeste gammon and kim cravens from the putnam county school board are my guests and we'll see you in just a minute welcome back to trending this has been rogers i continue to visit with putnam county school board vice chair celeste gammon and school board member kim cravens we've been discussing COVID 19 and, and the process of opening schools back up we're just now starting really the discussion um we we left on the school buses, so kids are going to be on school buses with masks on. I'm pretty sure there's going to be uh, sanitizer as they come on the bus. They can use it. The the bus is going to be cleaned, obviously. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So all precautions are are being taken. But the the point is, the kids got to get to school, and so you got to use buses. And again, you can't buy more buses because you don't have the money and and put one person per seat. That's it's just it's just not feasible. So the the kids are riding riding the school bus to school. Um, the survey results, and, 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 and this is kind of where the decisions were started about going back to school. You, the, the school board sent out a survey to all the parents. Mm-hmm. I actually got it. I'm not a parent, but I could have filled it out. <laughs> but I did not. That's not fair. Um, but there's a survey, and, and basically the results were what? I think we had about 6,000 people respond to that, which, you know, is probably about half, which we were pretty happy with. Mm -hmm. That's probably the most that we've ever had respond to some type of survey. I agree. Because there's over 11,000 students, Mm -hmm. right? Right, Um, Probably closer to 12. 12. Yeah, yeah. So anyways, we were were thankful for to get that 6,000 back, but um, about 90% of the people who responded to the survey wanted to go back to school on time 
as normal as possible. So, and that helped y'all make a decision. Yeah, obviously, did. absolutely. Because if it would come back the other way, then there probably would have been more discussion. Sure. So, what are the options for attending school? Well, you can either attend school in person or you can do remote learning. And remote learning looks much different at the beginning of this school year versus what we did while we were out, you know, from March to to May. Mm -hmm. That was just trying to keep the kids engaged and keep them learning. This time, it's going to be much more structured, much more structured. Um, They'll have to report for class. They'll be counted absent. There'll be attendance. If they don't, don't, you know, say that they're there, check in then, you know, they'll be counted absent. It'll, it will be an absent. And, and listen, we've got a great plan, and we're trying to execute it to the best of our ability. There are some flaws, mm-hmm. and uh, there's going to be flaws in everything that we do. And I just ask people give grace. Please give grace. Yes. We, we are trying. People in the schools are trying. There are people who put in a lot of long and hard hours, and uh, they, they just don't need to be yelled at. <laughs> Yeah, or put down. Yeah, I mean, yeah. this is this has been a tremendous amount of work, and I just want to commend Sam Brooks and and the mm-hmm. whole vital team, you know, at our facility at at, at our uh, at uh, who work for the Putnam <laughs> County Board of Education, who are helping to facilitate what this looks like. You know, we have other counties and other states coming to us and saying, "How are you doing this? What are you doing?" You know, because we do vital well. Um, we did have a lot that we learned through last year or through the spring mm-hmm. that didn't go, you know, as, as well as we wanted to. So we had to back up and, and we've redone that plan. And I think what we have moving forward is, is going to be good. Do I think that they're going to change it? Probably as it goes. And, and I think it will get better, but you're going to have to be able to hang with us and be flexible. Us that. Yeah. Be flexible. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So is the remote learning kind of live then? Is it live? instruction from it's going to be some of both okay. there'll be mm-hmm. some pre-recorded classes okay. where you'll log in and you'll just watch the teacher give a lesson but there's going to be some while that the teacher is live in class with students in class and they're watching on their they're computer watching. okay mm-hmm. and that's where the attendance comes in right because if they're live then the, the teacher's going to know if they're participating remotely yes right. that's exactly right um so we, we have two ways to go to school. Kids do. And as you said, some of it's live, some of it's recorded. For example, like PE classes in elementary school. Is that, do we know how we're, how that's handled? Because I know. Well, outside this- is going to be very important. I think mm-hmm. yesterday they said that it was, um, what is it, 20 times you're less likely to be able to get COVID while you're outside. Right. From, you know, so. I think that um, our outside playtime, we're working on ways and different teachers and different schools have come up with different ways to keep the mask, you know, to, to have the children to put their mask up. And, and there'll be a lot of education that'll mm-hmm. be going that way. We'll be pushing out a lot of education about how to take the mask off properly um, and, and how to store it while they're, you know, out on the playground. Look, I've been a kindergarten teacher. I have been a second grade teacher. I do not in any way expect a child to keep their mask on their arm during playground time and not get it dirty. I've had three kids myself. Right. That, that's not going to happen. Right. So we have got ways. They're, they're still working on it. You know, a lot of uh, teachers have got some really good ideas about how to how to do that, how to keep them clean and, and that 
that kind of thing. I would suggest that parents, you know, schools are going to have, you know, fundraisers with masks that they're going to be selling and things like that. But I, I would probably have at least three masks for your child, if not more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they have those. And I know one of my uh, principals that I talked to at Jerry Whitson, Thomas Furman, he uh, used some of his CARES Act money and got the net gators yes. for his everybody yes. in his all the students in his school so that all they have to do is pull, pull it up. up. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyways, I'm hopeful that that kind of thing, you know, will be something that will be be beneficial. I bought one of those from a local provider yeah. uh, that makes them. I bought one of those. And I, I like it better than just the traditional over-the-ear mm-hmm. mask. So, yeah. Um, because I got big ears enough. The mask pulls my ears down, so it makes yeah. me look funny anyway. That's funny. Do we know do we know yet, and I guess it's still gonna go on even though school started officially, how many kids are gonna stay home and learn remotely and how many kids are gonna go to school? The the last I heard it was about eighty twenty. Eighty uh-huh. percent okay. attending and maybe twenty percent remote. Okay. Um and and I don't know if that's everybody had responded. So by Thursday yesterday we'll have more of the numbers mm-hmm. uh and they'll look and get those classes together because until you get everybody registered you can't even put your whole classes together so yeah. are, are and we you, can't move teachers into the right positions either i mean right. you know if we had half of fourth grade gone from every school in putnam county well we got to back up and punt a little mm-hmm. bit here. in the classroom um what do you think the, the the layout would be for those kids inside the classroom? It looks like 1950. I, I talked I talk to one of my I talked to one of my teachers the other or not that's, teachers that's good. One, one of my principals the other day and it does it. You know we've we've been in this position in education where we're clustering kids together and they're working in groups and all this kind of thing. And I'm not going to say that there's not going to be group projects that'll happen, but what the classroom looked like in January or in August last year, it does not look like that this yeah. year. The desks are all spread apart in rows and lines, facing um, forward. Facing forward, it looks like it did in 1950. You know, so it, that's not necessarily a bad thing. They're still going to get an education. It's still going to be good. We're still going to do group projects, and when they do, they will be masked. Um, so you know, there's a there's a lot still in the works on this. And I think Kim said this earlier, and we keep saying this word, and I, I you know, I hate to keep being redundant, but it is a fluid situation. Everything can change at any minute. The governor, the health department, anything. Um, this is all being looked at on a daily basis, mm-hmm. and we want what's best for kids. Well, we we understand that you know when the plan was really first put together, things were a lot different than what they've looked like the last month. Right. So we understand that we're constantly looking at things. We understand masks are a hot topic. Um, Personally, I don't ever want to talk about masks again, but I know it's that's not in our reality yeah. at this point. But um, and people are passionate about them. They're passionate for them. They're passionate against them. Um, so I, I've seen, yeah, I've seen so much response for and against masks. And I'm like I said, not a health expert. Uh, I wear it when, when I feel like I need to wear one. Uh, I don't wear one in my car. Um, I don't know why I would, but I, I see people that do, and that's that's fine. Um, but the, the mask is a sensitive topic. We don't have to dive into it a whole lot because y'all basically stated masks are going to be required. Masks are going to be owned by the kids. And, and, but right now the schools are trying to make social distancing an option about everywhere in the building is the way I understand it. And in the classroom, as you said, just, we got a couple minutes left in this segment. Give me your thoughts if you want to, on why you think 80% is wanting to come back to the classroom. Because that, to me, I thought that's higher number to me than I thought it would be. You think they just want the kids to get back to some normalcy? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Everybody wants a little bit of normal. And, you know, um, 
not families like ours. I'm going to use this as an example. My daughter's a first grade teacher in Dallas, Texas. And like I said, I've been a kindergarten teacher here in Putnam County and in another county as well. But, you know, not every child has the same family structure as we do. You know, the example I'm going to use from my daughter is last year she had a six-year-old, six-year-old little girl who was sick. And the mom is a single mom, has no family infrastructure, no help whatsoever. She had to sit in the office all day while she was sick until her mother could come and pick her up. And when she did, she couldn't bring her back to school the next day, obviously, because she was sick. Well, that day, she stayed home. The next day, she came back fever-free. She was well. She confided in my daughter that she was home all day by herself with cartoons, no food. Her mom brought her a burger when she came home that night. That is a large majority of the children that we serve in this county. And when we make decisions, we don't just make them for families, you know, like ours. We make decisions for families like this, for children like this, who have no voice if it's not for us thinking, how is that child going to eat? Yes, I know buses were were giving out food, but this six-year-old could not have left her apartment and walked to her school bus stop. She wouldn't even known where it was at or known how to get back right. or known how to lock her, her apartment door. There, We have to make decisions for those kinds of families as well. So because of that, 80% of our families are saying, we want some kind of normalcy. We want our children to be in front of teachers and get instruction. We know that the best form of education that a child can get is going to be in a classroom with teachers. Thank you for that. That's well said, uh, and I appreciate that. That's a good way to close this segment. Well, i got one more segment left. I'm sorry. It's, <laughs> it's, it's been good. we got one more segment left. we return. This has been Rogers. We'll be back with the last segment of Trending in just a moment. Welcome back to Trending. This has been Rogers. Celeste Gammon and Kim Cravens are my guests from the Putnam County School Board, and, and they've been giving us some good information. Celeste, we, we left talking about the kids, and that's why you do what you do. And, and Kim, that's why you're on the board. You both Absolutely. are on the board because of the kids, and, and it's about – helping them educate and always keeping them safe. You talked about how normalcy is important for a young, from a young child, mm-hmm. and even up to 18 years old, sure. normalcy is important. Why, why do you think um, these kids need to get back to school other than the normalcy? Is there anything else that you just, I know you've been thinking about, you're a parent yourself, mm-hmm. Kim, you have kids. What else? I mean, One of the things that I think we are looking at when we're making those decisions, you know, domestic violence, unfortunately, has gone up during this time. And to know that some of these kids, like maybe that six-year-old that I talked about earlier, don't have the best home environment. They need to come back to school so that they can be fed, so that they can be cared for, so that they can have teacher pat their back, but also so that they can see a smile. Mm -hmm. That is so Mm -hmm. important. It's just so important. For their, for their mental health and for them to experience that contact with the teacher, I think, and, and other students, it's, it's just important. Right. We need that. We need to see each other's smiles. And I'm not just saying that as a, as a mask thing. Yes and no. The teacher is going to be in front of the classroom. Either way, they're going to see her smile and feel her warmth and encouragement and the kids need that because some of them have just not had it since march 13th that's a good point and and i think that's why the american association of pediatrics recommended that kids get back in school because that social interaction is needed there is so much that comes from being in school being around their peers Mm -hmm. being in a in an environment that's safe um 
And that, I think all of them need that. You know, a lot of kids are living on social media right now, and they need the social interaction, not social media. Sure, yeah. That's good, Kim. And, and, the, and the school board and the administration, our principals, and, and all our teachers are, are doing everything, everything they can to make the school safe. A couple of highlights of that. What are mm-hmm. the what are a couple of highlights they're doing? I know we mentioned the classroom and the way it's structured and their social distancing, but what else is going on with that? Something that maybe everybody doesn't know, but some of the CARES money that we received, um, we are putting into practice. We bought these special machines. It looks like a Ghostbuster machine, <laughs> but it's it sprays an electrostatic um, disinfectant. It's a multi-purpose cleaner. And this goes into the air and all surfaces, and it kills all viruses and bacteria except for tuberculosis. And that's a side note. Mm-hmm. Right. But so this goes in, and, and it's 80%, or no, not 80%, it's eight times more effective than regular cleaning. It is not a substitute for regular cleaning, which our staff with ABM at every school will still be cleaning but this is going to be done every night. Every school has at least one. Cookville High School, I believe, has three, two or three mm-hmm. machines. So at night, after all the cleaning is done, this spray will go in. So if there happened to be anybody there that was infected with any kind of virus, including COVID-19, this, once it's sprayed, would go in and would kill that. Uh, this product is its the same chemical that they use to clean out our water filtration system. So if you have ever drank tap water, you are 100% fine to do this. Um, It dries within 10 minutes, so the kids are going to come in. It won't damage any of the machines, our computers, paper, nothing. It's EPA and CDC approved. So this is huge. This is huge. It's going to be used in every building. And the bus garage has one, so they'll be spraying the buses every night. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I just think having healthier spaces is important, and we have made a concerted effort to make sure that our schools are are clean. And something else that we bought was um, the water bottle filler. So the water fountains can't be used. I don't know if they're going to remove and replace or if they're just going to add them. them But they're going to have those water bottle fillers so that they can just go up and fill their water bottle up. Got you. Okay, that's good information. One of the things that we feel like is going to bring some normalcy back is sports. Sure. And that's been a huge topic for weeks, you know. And, of course, like I said, I hang around coaches and some of my friends are coaches and administrators, and we talk about it about every day. Governor Lee come out on Tuesday afternoon with his update on sports. Can y'all give me a little snapshot of what he said? on sports i mean basically full go basically it's a full go and and the things that we were waiting on were it's football and soccer now Mm -hmm. i have a soccer player so i pay a little bit more Mm -hmm. attention to that because um we're we're ready to go um and and there's risk there's risk involved in everything i mean we leave our house every day and you could have a car wreck so there's risk but we we feel that sports are important to these kids Mm -hmm. and to a lot of kids if they're not involved in the sports they're doing things they don't need to be doing so i'm i'm excited to see this come back and i hope that it can be done in a safe way twsaa laid out guidelines as far as 
what the spectators should do um, and other things that, you know, should be happening at a field while the event's taking place. So um, we're going to follow guidelines. Mm -hmm. So football and soccer are the ones basically focused on. Of course, you got the other sports in the spring. I think wrestling's probably in that too. Um, But I I don't know as well what that's going to look like. Well, I assume the football teams, high school and middle school, can can start wearing helmets and pads then and and have contact. Because, listen, I play football. If you don't practice hitting somebody, you can't go out and play in a game, you're gonna be, you ain't going to hit anybody, and it's going right. to hurt even more. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're going to have to get into some kind of contact format and practice and get these children ready to play and, and used to that contact mm-hmm. and physicality. Uh, so, I, you know, that's a decision the governor come out with on Tuesday. I'm sure he's probably going to keep updating the protocols for sure. sports oh, yes. and schools the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um And I don't, you know, I'm not supposed to have too big of an opinion on certain things, but how many times have we heard an athlete, professional athlete, play with the flu? A bunch. So-and-so's got the flu tonight, but they're playing. Can you Mm -hmm. believe that? They're playing the flu. Well, if it's a contact sport, which every sport I know besides golf and maybe a little bit of baseball – uh, as a contact sport well if you're playing basketball or football and you got the flu you're probably going to spread to somebody mm-hmm. well they kept playing you know so mm-hmm. i know that's probably too much opinion but the, the thing is is um the normalcy for the kids will be will be better with the sports and that's a big part of it uh remote that, that, that's for scholarship too a lot of these kids are waiting to get looked at for scholarships mm-hmm. for you know sure. for the for the fall and and it's important to be able to have these sports so that they can go on and, and participate collegiately if that was their goal to begin with. Right. So, you know, I, I'm thankful that the TSSAA has allowed that to continue. Now, some of those guidelines will continue. Everybody's going to have to be, again, flexible. Mm-hmm. You may not be able to go to the game on Friday night because there's going to be certain numbers that will be allowed to come in, and you will still have to be masked. You yeah. know, there there are guidelines, and we do plan on following those guidelines to keep everybody as safe as possible. I think mm-hmm. right now it's, of course, coaches, players, cheerleaders, uh, parents, band. I think is right now the priority in the, to the game. Is yeah, that- well, TSSAA does not recommend a full band. Now, recommend versus saying no-go probably leaves the door open to some discretion as to how we want to handle that. Right. And I don't have kids playing, so I might not get an opportunity to watch Upperman play this year. I know, which it, is sad, isn't it? It is sad, and I, it's, part of, it's part of what my – Because we're fans. Yeah, and it's part of what my daddy and I do together, my brother, and, and um, it, that's just part of what we do. But, it's you know, it's, it's okay. We, we're, we're adjusting. I want to add one more thing before we leave. Remote learners can participate in sports. That is correct. Right. Um, just to give a little background, we kind of the reason why that was put in place is because we felt like remote learners, if they were staying at home, would be because they didn't want to be in a crowd. And and most of these sports are crowd oriented. Sure. So I'm assuming that they'll still practice some social distancing and stuff. But even cross country. There's crowds. You might right. can run by yourself, but you go to a meet and right. there's crowds. So sure. if if they're high risk, I don't know that I would personally recommend participating, but each family will make that decision for themselves. But, yes, they can participate. And, you know, I just want to end, too, from my point sure. by saying that we're just asking all the parents to 
give as much grace as possible. Amen. We do not need anybody to be the mask police or to be um, antagonistic against anybody who is wearing, you know, their mask, even if they are in their car. We need you to encourage your kids not to bully anybody one way or the other, to show grace, to be flexible, and to encourage your children, no matter what the guidelines are, to obey the guidelines. This is what we do. We obey those in authority over us. And so that that's what we do. And and that's what I want to encourage the parents to do. Let's, is, let's be the Putnam yeah. strong that we were Absolutely. after the tornado. Yes. Good, Kim. That's Amen. right. Yeah. Amen. That's and good. that's a good way to close. I, I, and I always close the show, if I have time, uh, be kind. Amen. If we just be kind to one another on that's everything right. that's going on in this world, this country, if we be kind to one another, we're not going to have a problem. The and, golden and rule. The golden rule, and just be kind, love on each other. Um, thank y'all so much. Y'all been thank wonderful. You. I'm Thanks glad y'all came. Us. Come back again. We'll we'll get an update probably in the fall about how things are going mm-hmm. from y'all. And so uh, I want to thank my producers, Billy Mac and Will, for putting up with me every week, and they, they do a great job. Hope everybody has a good weekend. We'll see you next week with another show. This has been Trending. I'm Ben Rogers, and my, I've had the pleasure to visit with Celeste Gammon and Kim Cravens from the Putnam County School Board. We'll see you next week.